So let me ask you this. How many of you used the internet to find a Christmas present to give away this Christmas? How many of you? I won't make you raise your hands if you didn't. But they have everything on there, you know? Actually, they don't have everything on there. Because I was looking for something the internet doesn't know. Some of you, this is like blowing your mind already. See, I searched the internet. And I asked, how many Christmas movies have ever been made? And you know what? It's countless. Because nobody has counted it and perhaps can count it. I did learn that the first one was made in 1908. I'll bet that's a little earlier than you thought. I learned that you could watch 174 Christmas movies on Netflix this year, which is about 10 hours a day of Christmas movies. Were you uh, so inclined? I learned that there are about as many genres of Christmas movies as there are genres. They've made Christmas movies in every possible category. And when I, real, when I saw that, I asked myself the question, why? Why would you make all of those Christmas movies in all of those different categories? Why? What is there about Christmas that makes people want a story to believe in? Now, when I say that, I'm not really even talking about anything religious. But what is it about human nature that makes us want to tell ourselves a story? Ellie Weisel, a Holocaust survivor, Nobel Peace Prize winner, said, and I pro- probably with a smile, he said, God made man because he loves stories. Jonathan Gottschall, in his book and TED Talk, uh, tells us that human beings are storytelling animals. He, he would have you know that you tell yourself a lot more stories than you think you tell yourself. Because stories are the way that we make sense of the world. It's a way that we explain what is happening to us or what has happened to us. It's interesting to me that when you think about Christmas stories, that there are so many, in fact, countless Christmas stories that derive from the Christmas story. Really, they are all dependent in one way or another on the Christmas story. So it should be no surprise then that when God wanted us to make sense of the world, that God told us a story. This is how Sally Lloyd-Jones says it in the introduction to the Jesus Storybook Bible. She said, no, the Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. 
The Bible is, most of all, a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything, to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. And this is no ordinary baby, this child on whom everything else would depend. You see, the best thing about this story is it's true. There are lots of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story. The story of how God loves His children and comes to rescue them. And it takes a whole Bible to tell this story. And at the center of the story, there's a baby. And every story in the Bible whispers his name. He is like the missing piece in a puzzle. The piece that makes all the other pieces fit together. And suddenly, you can see a beautiful picture. When God wants us to make sense of the world, He tells us His story. And it's at Christmas time that we remember the plot twist that changes that story and can change our story forever. The, the Christmas story itself was already read to you. The, the actors and the drama and the um, conflict was all there when the Phillips read you the Christmas story. But if for some reason you missed uh, this, this, the point of the story, a different gospel tells us the point of the story of Christmas. And it's John, in his gospel, in the first chapter, he tells us this. He says, The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came unto his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so this story that God tells us comes down to a moment when there is a plot twist, when the Word that was there with God before the beginning enters the world and becomes flesh. And it says that into this world of darkness, the light has come. The story is that the light has come into the world. And as I mentioned, all of the stories in the Bible tell this one story. And in fact, the story of God begins with light and it ends with light. 
You could tell this story just from the vantage point of light. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, in fact, says, And God said, you all know this line probably, right? Let there be light. And that's how the story begins. And then if you skip the rest, all the way to the end, the story ends with light as well. Revelation 22, verse 5 says, And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. This moment when the Word became flesh, when Jesus came, is when light entered the dark world. It is the plot twist that shines light on everything. When this light entered the darkness, the darkness didn't recognize it, it tells us. They looked around and they didn't expect him to be like he was. He came incognito, a baby in a manger. Didn't look much like the light they were expecting. But it's a climax and the centerpiece of the story. And then it tells us in John 1 that the Word became flesh and lived among us. What happened at Christmas, again, to get to the point of the story, is that the Word, which was preexistent before um, the world began, was with God and who was God, became flesh. And He lived among us. He became God with us. Now, just to make sure that you, under, you see this, this is a big deal. Because the word with us is the point of the whole story. The point of the whole story is that God is with us or that we are with God. In fact, one of the names that he uses in this plot twist, is Emmanuel, God with us. That one of the things God was after when he sent Jesus was he wanted to be with us. The story centers around a God who would have us with him and who would be with us. And this, too, goes through the whole story. Every story whispers his name, and every story whispers this. In fact, it even shouts this. You see, in the beginning, you remember, right? God made a garden, and he put Adam and Eve in there, and he would walk and talk with them. He was with them. And often I think when we think of that glo- the glory of the Garden of Eden, we think of uh, some tropical rainforest and how lush the vegetation is. You know what? That's not anywhere near the coolest part of the Garden of Eden. Because the glory of Eden was the fact that God was there. 
And God was there with His people. He lived with them. But as you know the story, sin cut people off from God's presence. In fact, they were cast out of the garden to make sure there was no contact with the living presence of God. But God still wanted to be with His people. And the whole Old Testament tells the story, doesn't it? In fact, it shouts the story. He had His people build a tabernacle or a tent. Why? So He could come and dwell with them. That traveled around for a while. Then there was an established kingdom and they built a temple. Why? So that God could live with them. He lived in the temple. And even then, they rebelled against Him until the temple was ransacked and destroyed. And God was no longer with them. But what God was doing throughout the whole story is coming to them and living with them until finally they rejected Him in such a way that we have to put a pause on the story. They're no longer with Him. In fact, just I'm going to put a pause on the story and skip all the way to the end again. Because the end, the end tells us this is what the story is about. And I saw the holy city, Revelation 21. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. See, the story that God's telling throughout the Bible is going there, where God is with His people. Now, as all, as uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible tells us, every story whispers a name, the, be- the beginning and the end, that all points to what happened when Jesus came. And in that pivotal moment, John tells us the Word became flesh and lived among us. What God is doing is fulfilling that story. In fact, fulfilling His desire to be with us in the person of Jesus. And then it tells us nobody's seen God except God, the one and only. The Son has made Him known, full of grace and truth. Everything you need to know about God you see in Jesus. So what happened on this day when Jesus became a baby, is the world opened up and got to see for the first time what God is really like. He's full of grace and truth. God showed us His glory in the person of His Son. And so in explaining the story, John tells us light came into the world. The light that was throughout the whole story has come into the world. 
God is with us. That's the point of the whole story, that God would be with us. And He came in the person of Jesus. And so all the stories of the Bible are telling this story. And I would just say that one of the healthiest things that you could do, one of the healthiest habits you could develop in this next year would be for you to notice the stories you tell yourself. To recognize what is true and what is not true. To see where does this script come from? Why this monologue? Because you and I were all trying to make meaning of this world. And we do it by telling ourselves a story. We all write plays in which we star, don't we? And these plays tell us who we are in the world and what makes us happy and unhappy and why things happen to us. And we do our best to explain all these things. And so I want to encourage you, though, to let this Christmas, let today be the day you start telling yourself the one true story. The story that has Jesus in the middle of it. The one that reminds you that there's light in the darkness. The story that assures you that God came to be with you. And more than that, tells you how you can be His child. You did recognize that, right? In this text, it tells us right in the middle of it that everyone who receives Him, to the one who believes in His name, He gave the right to become the children of God. You can be a child of God right now by telling yourself the right story. By saying, that's my story. I'm in the story that God is telling about Jesus. And believing that yes, in fact, that is the true story. Because the Christmas story says that as many as receive this child, the Savior, Jesus. He gave the right to be the children of God to as many as believe in His name. That's what faith means. Faith means that you agree that God is telling you the truth. And this true story is the one that you embrace for yourself. And you tell it to yourself over and over instead of telling yourself some other story. Because Christmas is the day of the true story where God becomes man, invites you into relationship, and invites you into a new story that makes sense then of all your other stories. And so it's my hope and prayer this Christmas that you will receive Jesus as your Savior, not merely as a baby in the manger, but as a crucified and risen Savior who can incorporate you into a story as beautiful and as grand is the one we find in the Bible. Will you pray with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, we, we desperately need to tell ourselves the truth. And so, Father, you have told us the truth, and we can start there with the person of Jesus, and I praise you for all that you have done. I just feel like every Christmas is just 
scratching the surface of the beauty of the story that you're telling us. Every Christmas, we go back over the same tracks and we recognize that the glory really is that you have loved us and sent your Son, that we might be in relationship with you and we might have life, life today and life forever. So, Father, I pray that every person who hears this story from New Life Church and throughout the world, really, would join in what you are doing in the world and believe that Jesus died and rose for them and he's their Savior. Believe that you will make them your child. So thank you for that promise. Amen.